Let's rock. All right. Uh, just for the sake of the show, by the way. Yep. Oh, I've been Benito's motherfuckers. Back number two. <laughs> the dose. Hey, man. Dose. So, look, dude, I was just telling the story. Pete Crow Armstrong got called up to the big leagues. Uh, Trey, Trey, I got to imagine, has probably seen these movies. You, I, I'm not positive with. But so his mother was the mother in Little Big League. Little Big League was a movie that was about the kid that took over the Minnesota Twins. Well, uh, and then the other movie, of course, is Rookie of the Year. So the irony of, like, here's this number one prospect coming up, and this mom was actually somewhat, what you know, this big league mom already. So I just think it was kind of, kind of a cool story. You know what? You know what? I love it. And, you know, we're talking about little big league, and Trey's over there. He loves the movie, so he's like – He's all over everything you just said. He said, I heard it, and I love it. So that's awesome. All right. So the other thing, Thrill, as you and I have discussed earlier, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's run. Let's run with it. Yeah, and, and let me – I'll recap a little bit for our audience who may not have seen what had happened, but George Kirby is a pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. He's a pretty damn good one, too. And – the other night, he got taken out of the game. He was at nine, or excuse me, he was at ninety-three pitches after six innings. He apparently wanted to get taken out of the game. He wasn't taken out of the game. He was left in there for the next inning to surrender the go-ahead home run. Uh, came out of the game. Then after that, was very disappointed. Uh, you know, I'm sure this has happened to pitchers uh, countless times, right? It's 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 the game, and I, I'm sure there's guys who have gone back out to the mound. And they haven't been happy about going back out on the mound because they thought they were done. Somewhere, somehow, there was a communication breakdown. But Kirby said after the game that he was not happy about being back in there. He said, quote, unquote, there was a conversation that he was going to have referring to a conversation with Scott Service. And then Roger Clements, a contemporary of yours, a contemporary of mine, across both of our generations, he was the first one to come out on Twitter and basically say, hey, look, like that would not have flown in the old days, him, you know, making those comments. And Roger was, you know, he was pretty reserved with what he had to say, other than saying it would not have flown in the, in the old days. And then he said, what do you all think? So, Thrill, let's start with you. What do you think? All right. So, you know me, I'm old school. I'm going with Roger Clemens. So, here's the thing you're a starting pitcher. All right. Your job is to pitch. Okay. Scott Service's job is to manage, all right? You're at 93 pitches, six innings, whatever, okay? Who knows what the situation is behind Scott's, you know, decision. He might want to save his bullpen a little bit more, whatever it might be, okay? So now, now what happens is this kid thinks he's going to be taken out the game. He's not mentally prepared to go back out there for the seventh. He goes out there for the seventh. He's not mentally sharp. Leaves the pitch out over the plate, whack, homer, all right? Look, and on top of that, he comes out and admits it to the press. Look, if you don't want to be a big league pitcher, if you want to go five innings and wuss out, well then, sayonara, sucker, get off the mound, all right? And if you're going to be that kind of a pitcher, go up to your manager and say, I'm going to be that kind of a pitcher. I don't want the ball after 90 pitches, which Roger Clemens, me, you, we 
want to be in the game. We want to control the game. And so for me personally, I'm kind of taking it easy on that guy, but uh, there's a lot of adjectives that I could use that would not describe him in a very good light right now. Yeah, it's funny because I sounded off on him a bit, and then I also read his comments that pretty much retracted what he had said before. He said, usually I'm the guy that you would have to pry the ball out of his hand. I don't know what got into me. I don't know why I said what I said. I talked to Scott Service. I apologize. And this was a point that I made when I talked about it on the Daily Hustle. And then apparently there's an Instagram clip that was just made right before the show that was sent out that I sent you. And yes, my initial reaction was that George Kirby is a fucking pussy. <laughs> that was one of the adjectives that I was going to use right there. Right but, there. But I also said it's kind of like the millennials and, 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 and the Gen Zers and whoever else. And when we want to say that we have a problem with America's youth, there's some accountability that needs to take place on those who have raised those children. And somewhere along the lines, we, as a baseball society, have fucked up because we've trained these guys that used to be marathoners and we've now made them sprinters. George Kirby threw 153 pitches in fucking high school. 153. And now he's going 93. And he's like, dude, I can't go anymore. And then immediately we foster this environment where... Yes, it's okay to tell the truth, and I like that. And, and I, in that part, I do appreciate from George Kirby because he didn't hold anything back. But where the fuck is his accountability? No shit. And on top of that, and on top of that, your job is to pitch. Shut up and pitch, all right? Quit being a wuss, as you said, and I quote very nicely, a pussy. Quit being a pussy, and go out there, take the ball. Scott Service is giving you the ball. Go out there, take it, and earn the W. Go out there and nail the coffin shut. Instead of taking the attitude of, hey, look, you know, I kind of did my job for like six innings. Now I turn it over to the bullpen. That's bullshit. It's your game. Go out there and earn it. Hey, be a big boy. You want to be a major leaguer? You want to be treated like a man? Go out there and freaking earn it, goddammit. I couldn't imagine never wanting an at-bat. And so it's funny because you and I both know we've had those at-bats where I don't let's just say you're I every time I'd say 0 for 3, 0 for 4, like whatever. I'm like, give me that fucking fifth. Give it to me. I'm like, I'm I'm getting a knock. Like that was always my mentality. And if I was three for three or four for four, I'm like, I'm going four for four or five for five, whatever. I don't give a shit. Give it to me. And I've also had those at bats on the same token would be like, dude, if I don't get this at bat, I, oh, 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 well, sort of thing. Now that all, that all said, when I learned through the process of arbitration that you literally get paid for every single fucking at bat that you have, it's worth a dollar. It's worth something, some amount. I'm like, dude, like I like 100% like you want to fight for those at bats. I fight for those fucking innings. 
even though yeah. he gave it up, that's yeah. still it, it, every out that he gets matters, and he can yeah. take that shit to arbitration and free yeah. agency. Yeah, and on top of that, if you are looking at the big picture, and this is what you and I talked about, let's say Scott, because I, I don't know what happened, you know, previously. I don't know if the last three games beforehand, their their bullpen's getting beat up. Okay, I don't know that, but your job is to pitch. Your job is not to make excuses as to why you can't pitch after throwing 93 pitches and having the lead. You want to take that ball. Flip side of things, as a hitter, okay, and you and I have talked about this before, you could be 0 for 3, 0 for 4, with the worst day on the face of the planet. You could you could beat some shit in the ground, you can have three strikeouts, whatever it might be. You come up there in the 8th, ninth inning with the winning run on second base, all of that shit's out the window, dude. All of that's out the window. I am going to win this game. I need this at bat. Same mentality you need as a pitcher if, hey, look, the manager, all right, look, you know, yeah, I might be, I might not be into it, but the manager said, go back out there. I'm going to freaking flip that switch and I'm going back out there and I'm going to dominate this inning. So the other night, it was the Texas Rangers, I believe it was Adolis Garcia, was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and then came up for his fifth at bat and hit a game winning walk off fucking bomb it's bomb. like <laughs> there you go dude exactly what we just got there talking about all right and so that's from a hitter's perspective all you got to do is switch it around dude the, the pitcher's perspective you know i mean hey look you know you think that greg maddox is going to come off the mound at the six innings with 90 pitches greg maddox ain't coming out of this game greg maddox is wanting to go 115 120 whatever it takes and if nobody's getting on base, he's going to just keep staying out there. And so, you know, that's the kind of situation that you want. You want that mentality. And, I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want, and it is definitely the coddling of these new freaking ballplayers. Look, I think one of the worst things in the world is the pitch count, all right? You know, you, you start and put – I mean – you put 50 pitches on a guy or 60 pitches on a guy and then you got to go yank him and, you know, go to the bullpen. You got these bullpen games and these guys can only go a certain amount of pitches and then take him out. And, hey, look, you know, I mean, suck it up. And then not only that, go out there and fire a freaking 100 pitches, fire 120 pitches and get some freaking arm strength that's first off, but then second off, know how to pitch out of jams. That's what's not happening now in these freaking games is people get in jams and then all of a sudden they, you see them turn around and they're looking in the bullpen. They want to see who's going to come in from the bullpen and get them out of this jam. You got yourself in a jam. Let's find a way to freaking pitch out of it. Here we go. You said something about coddling, and I think that, you know, I would call it the coddling of the big league arm at this point. And I understand that millions of dollars are at stake. I understand that they want to preserve the longevity of each and every one of these pitchers. But Tommy John's surgery is at an all-time high. 
And so if we think that we're doing something right by having these pitchers throw less and throw harder, you are a fucking idiot. It's gotten worse. And so I'm like, what, what the fuck are we doing? What makes them think that all of a sudden this is the way to do it? Now, maybe they're not. And so the only thing that I can think if I'm an executive in a front office or potentially a manager that is an extension of that front office making decisions on pitch counts and when to get guys in and when to get guys out, I would say that, dude, I'm trying to win the game at all costs. That would be it. Does that make sense? Like, if I think that that's the best way to win games – and by just throwing a guy in there to have him throw 100 miles per hour for fucking 20 pitches, you know what? Maybe I'd do it too if I think that's the best way. So I, I don't know if that is the case, but it's not in the best interest of the pitcher. I can promise you that. All right. It's so just now, not. Now, here's the thing. All right. You and I have talked about this, and everybody in the chat room knows this because they've heard me say it on numerous occasions. All right. When you are a pitcher, a pitcher, not a thrower, you know how to work both sides of the corner. You know how to make the ball move. You definitely want to keep the ball down because you want to have the ball put in play early in the count so that saves you pitches so that you can go later in the game. All right? The flip side of this is exactly kind of what we're talking about right here which is these morons that are just grabbing it and chunking the shit out of it, right? And because you got guys in the batter's box that their timing might not be absolutely perfect, they're fouling your shit off, and what they're doing is they're running your pitch count up. All of a sudden, you can't go four or five innings, and you're at 100 pitches, all right? Or even worse than that, you look at a guy like Maddox, Glavin. I mean, they, we, those are just two of the guys. I mean, we go to Clemens. I mean, Nolan Ryan, even with all of the strikeouts he had, he came through the zone early in the count to induce contact. And then if he got you down, he started beating on you. All right? These guys come through the zone early in the count to get the ball on the ground, it, whatever it might be, to limit their pitch count so they can go further in the game. Now these guys are chunking the shit out of it. They got they lead the ball out over the plate. They lead the ball up. Ball gets fouled off. Ball gets fouled off over here. All of a sudden you look up, you got a freaking ten pitch at bat instead of being out of that son of a gun in three pitches. Don't guys take pride in that? Like is it that was a big thing, man? Like I remember Tim Hudson. If he was out of the game before the seventh inning, it, it was. It was not a quality start. I remember him telling me that because it was six innings, three runs, quality start. He's like, dude, fuck that. I go six and three. Like, I'm, I'm not happy with that. Zito, the same way. Dan Heron, the same exact way. Mulder, uh, who worked at a pace unseen. He'd be a darling for the pitch clock. The same way. Like, these guys, every time they took the fucking ball, they wanted to go the distance. Boom. There you go. So now you and I have talked about it before, and somebody even brought it up in a chat room way long time ago. But you know, talking about like Big Daddy Rick Russell, you know, yeah, a guy like a guy in Cincinnati, Tom Browning, dude, 
Rick Russell and Tom Browning hooked up. We were in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Big Daddy and Tom Browning were on their game, dude. We were an hour and 15 minutes. We were in the seventh inning. All right? These guys come through the zone, initiate contact, let your defense do the work, get back in the dugout. I spent more time running in off the field than I did out on the field. Dude, that was such a fun – the 80s was such a fun game. It really was, man. I mean, the the stolen base, no one, no one was slide stepping. You still had you still had some homers, but there was a ton of execution and shit. I, it was the pitchers were savages, and the balls moved like like I've never yeah. seen fucking balls yeah. move. Trey's got a question Mr. for you. Burns, I heard that uh, Quinn in June uh, this 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 year, uh, Quinn Matthews of Stanford to- tossed 156 pitches in and uh 16 strikeouts in nine in game nine in game yeah so, you know so that's a that's a kid in college nice job yes nice job yeah that's a kid in college you know it's throwing 150 pitches you know and and they're letting him go because he's dominating he's got 16 punch outs you know and so that's kind of what that's kind of where you and i are going with this is look i mean you got to go with kind of the flow of the game too it's like it's like, I'm not going to take a guy out. And this this goes back to your boy that we're talking about, you know, with Seattle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take you out when you have been doing a good job against the opposition. Now, granted, all right, look, I'm also going to have the bullpen up and ready in case you do run into a snag. But you keep getting me out, dude, I'm leaving your ass out there. I'm stretching you out. I'm getting you some arm strength, and then you're going to be better for it for your next starts down the road, too. You know, so I used to face Matt Kane a lot, and there's yeah. one sp- one specific time in spring training where I got three at bats against Kane, and my first at bat was it was fucking awesome, man. It was like one of those twelve to fifteen pitch at bats. I don't even remember how it ended. I think I might have lined out or something. But it for the most part, we got the 3-2. And he just kept fucking pumping fastballs to me. And then I in my second at bat, dude, I'm not kidding you. I swear to you, he threw me like eight straight sliders. Just a just an, an amazing, amazing at bat. Again, I don't remember how it fucking finished. I it maybe a punch out. The next at bat. All change-ups. Dude, it was one of the most impressive. And I'd love to run into him because I never had a chance to talk to him about it. But it was just execution at his, at his at its finest. And it was a guy going, look, here's my heater first time. Here's my curve. Like, and then, you know, like I was mindful because I'm like, dude, I've seen every pitch, right? I've seen fastballs and sliders. And then basically all he threw me the last about were change-ups. I would take pride in that as a pitcher. Like I would love that. Right, different ways to get a guy out, yeah. and yeah. anyway, like I don't want to beat a dead horse on this thing, but ultimately, I do believe that this is the generation that we live in, and I think the players are softer. The players are, you know, from a mental standpoint, uh, they've been they've been coddled. Their arms have been coddled, and so when they All get right. put in this vulnerable position, but then you know that said, fuck, man, this kid's thrown 150 something pitches before too. So he's yeah. he's going the opposite yeah. way. Yeah, he's throwing 150 pitches. Just 
kidding. College just threw 150 pitches, you know, and why are you making excuses coming out of the game? Stay in the freaking game, all right? And then here's another thing. We talk about, you know, me and you, we talk about, you know, just old school mentality and all that sort of stuff. I never, ever one time peeled out of the base path at second base to give the freaking second baseman or the shortstop a free look to first base. All right. No. Even if I'm out by a mile, I'm going into second base and I'm sliding. That way he's got some obstruction in front of him. All right. Now, I mean, these these dudes are peeling off. They they ain't even 30 foot down the line. They peel off and the second baseman, he catches it and he turns around. He's like, oh, there's my target right there. And I'll fire that son of a gun on in there. All right. So so these are the kind of things that that kind of get up under my skin and i've been really good about holding it in but this is also one of the reasons why you know i probably couldn't be a major league manager i'm not that guy that's going to pat you on the back when you peel out of the second baseline if you don't go your ass in there and you don't go your ass in there hard i'm going to be on the front step i'm going to be on that top step when you get in dugout and go you did not take care of not only the team you didn't take care of that hitter behind you he's busting his ass trying to get down in the first baseline and beat out the double play and you peel off and give him a freaking free look to first base fuck that so we revisited an old story last week about greg maddox in the glove i think this would be a very opportune time to introduce our new followers of no filter network of deuces wild to what exactly happened when you took out Ozzy Smith in 1988? So, it actually it actually started from the game before. Uh, Vince Coleman kind of stole second, stole third. The Cardinals were up by a lot. It was a gentleman's agreement. We played behind the runner at first base. He stole second and he stole third because he was going for the stolen base title. And, by the way, hello, Miss Tara Burns. How are you? Glad to see you're in the chat room. Good to see you. Uh, sorry you had to look at your husband's bare butt earlier, but you're good now. So now we uh, we go into uh, the, the next game after, you know, he's still second, third, and Matt Williams and I are screaming at him. We're going we're gonna to hit you. We're going to hit you. We don't hit him. Right, so now the score is flip flopped. The next day, we're up like five nothing in the seventh or whatever, and we still haven't hit Vince Coleman from the day before. I'm pissed, and so I'm on first base and I go, "If there's a freaking ground ball, I'm going to get somebody." And the rule was, the rule was, all right, for all you fucking rule following bastards out there, all right, if you could touch second base with any part of your body. Your hand, your leg, your head, whatever it was, you were completely safe, right? You're within the rules. Well, I could do that as I was going by second base, all right? And I made contact with Mr. Okendo, wound up out there damn near by shortstop, and somebody hit me on the ground. I jumped up, and Okendo was right in front of me. Ozzy was behind me. I didn't know it. And whammo, off we go. And I get Okendo in a headlock and whop. I catch him with another. And I freaking opened him up. He's bleeding like all get out. 
and I, I tried to get him another one, and then all hell's breaking loose. Ozzy's running around behind me, hitting me in the back of the head with my helmet. My helmet's sw swinging around and all that. We get on the ground, all right? For all you people, and go out there and look at the video. The first person in on the bottom of the pile was Dusty Baker. He was our first base coach, right? And he saw all of this going down. And Dusty made a beeline out there. Dusty Baker was the first one on the ground with me. And then Ozzy's finally getting ready to hit me on top. And that's when Candy Malnato, who was the hitter, he comes across. Yeah, and he missed him with the he missed him with a punch and he caught him with the forearm. And freaking down goes Ozzy and then all hell breaks loose. So Dude, I mean, it's one of the most iconic clips in Major League Baseball history. Yeah, it, yeah. I can't go a week without it somehow reappearing in my Instagram feed. But you told me something when we first talked about this and first started Deuces Wild. And it was that Bob Brenly had, 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 had a distaste for Ozzy Smith. Yeah. And... Apparently, Bob Brenly came out of nowhere. We can't really see it in the video. You can't make much of it. But he absolutely fucking bamboozled Ozzy. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, he poleaxed Ozzy. And so you got, like, Will and Dusty in the pile. And Ozzy's, like, over here. And our bullpen was coming in. Bob, like you said, Bob Brenly hated Ozzy Smith. And he jumped on him and, wow, he smacks him and, you know, Ozzy goes down on a turf and his head pops right back up. Whop! I mean, and it was funny to watch it on video back then because they kind of showed the whole thing. It was like, bup, 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 bup. and Ozzy's all cut up and he's bleeding, he's bruised and all that. And and <laughs> me and me and Okendo get up off the ground, you know, and, you know, I like I said, I caught him with that one good uppercut. I'm, I'm, so he and I, I'm like, you all right? He's like, yeah, I said, we ain't getting back in this son of a bitch. And so we stayed out of it, right? And so I don't know how the hell it happened, but I get the freaking heave-ho. I'm like, wait a second. I got hit when I was on the ground, you know? So now I go up to the top of the tunnel, and I'm all pissed off, and I freaking want to rip my, my jersey off and all that sort of stuff. I get up to the top of the tunnel, and the pitcher's name is Scott Terry, and the hitter was Mike Aldretti. The, the bench coach of the A's, right? Yep. They freaking they Scott Terry throws up over the top of Aldretti. Here we go again. I turn around. I go right back out on the field. I got ejected for the second time. I got ejected twice in one game, which might be a MLB record. So, Dude, funny, funny so, stuff. So, do you remember, was there any suspension? Was there any fine? Hell no. And Oh, all, all it was back then was a fine. I had, it was $250 for an ejection. I had two of them, so I had $500. That was it. Go get them. And I played the next day. No problem. Go get them. What was the aftermath of that? Like the next time you ran into Ozzy Smith? Oh, I started talking shit. I'm on first, I'm on first base, and I'm, and, and I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I couldn't even tell you when next time we played him, but I'm on first base and I'm fucking yelling at Ozzy. I'm like, I'm coming to get you, motherfucker. I'm coming to get you. 
you know, and he's like looking at me and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like <sighs> one of those numbers. And, you know, I don't know what the hell happened, but he, he knew that if there was a ground ball, he was going to be jumping his ass off somewhere. Cause I was coming up in there. Dude, the way you guys in the eighties took out middle infielders and this goes back to oh. the seventies. Oh, it's just, that's freaking beautiful. It's, it's just, beautiful. Yeah, it, it was, it was art, man. It really oh. was. How right. great so, so is everybody, it? So we haven't talked about this in a while, but everybody in the chat room, especially you, Luker, go in and freaking Google Hal McRae yeah. takeout slides. Hysterical. I'm He's talking about up. like he goes in there like standing up and forearms people and he barrel rolls them. Check out check out what he did Willie Willie Randolph at second base. He annihilated Willie Randolph at second base. But one of the things that that we do is and this is cheating 101 is you know if a guy came across the bag and you could like reach up and grab him, you could freaking yank his ass down to the ground. And so I remember like it was yesterday Freaking, I'm coming in there, and it's Robbie Alomar, Roberto Alomar. And he's either going to go across the bag or he's going to go behind the bag, one or the other. And I just took my bets that he's coming across the bag. Sure enough, he comes across the bag, and I freaking reached up, and I grabbed him, and I just, I mean, boom, just freaking drug his ass to the ground. He gets up, and he's yelling at the umpire. He's like, he's like, he grabbed me, he grabbed me, he grabbed me. And the umpire's like, I didn't see it. <laughs> Too bad. Just, uh, it was just so different, man. Like, yeah. even so, when I played, they started to basically say you have to slide straight into the base, right? <clears throat> and yeah. so, but contact was still legal. Yeah. But what I and then and then once Chase Utley broke Ruben Tejada's leg, I think it's pretty much all the rules fucking changed between yeah. that and Buster Posey and everything else. But I would slide into the second base bag. And when I originally did it, like, and I got to the big leagues, I'd fucking go in hard, kind of like how you did when you took out yeah. Ozzy. Yeah. And I'd go way past the bag, and I'd fucking slide late. And then Brandon Phillips for Cincinnati, was playing for Cincinnati. He had just gotten called up, and he comes down and drops a knee on my ribs. And, I, dude, I, I fucking played with a broken ribs for, like, three weeks because oh, I wow. happened to be on a killer hitting streak. But basically, after that, I'm like, Fuck this. So every other time I'd go in, I would slide straight in and then I'd barrel roll and I'd come up like if this was, if the, if the mic was a person, it was just like, Gah! and I, yeah. and I'd hit him. And it was probably the most efficient and effective way to break up a double play and got a yeah. ton of fucking dudes from it. So, so here's one and here, here's another YouTube video for you guys. Google uh, Albert Bell taking out Fernando Vina. Oh, good God. All right. So now, so now the rule is, and, and I was taught this. I was taught this the first day I got into pro ball. I, I signed a contract. I go to Fresno and uh, Wendell Kim comes up to me and who's my manager. And he goes, look, he goes, we, we pride ourselves in breaking up double plays. I'm like, good. I said, Fuck I'm yeah, we do Wendell. Yeah, I'm on board, you know. And he goes, he goes, look, he goes, you know how the second baseman catches a double play ball, he comes in and tags you and then throws the 
throws the first, and I go, yeah. Because if he comes into the line, he is eligible to be taken out. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, he's in the base path. He says, he's in your base path. He intruded into your line. And I go, all right, that made all the sense in the world. I swear to God, it didn't happen maybe two days later. Same thing. I'm on first, grounded a second. Here comes second baseman to try to tag me to throw to first for the double play. And I freaking slide in the middle of the line and freaking dropped his ass. And, yeah, they get me out, but they don't get the double play. And so now you fast forward, and it happened to Albert Bell with Fernando Vina. Fernando Vina comes in there, and he's a little bitty old dude. And I played with Fernando in St. Louis. And he's going to tag Albert and then throw over to first base. Albert freaking, like, forearm shimmies his ass and all that. Perfectly legal, dude. You're in my freaking line. Yeah. And so that shit does not happen anymore. It is not taught. And so if you guys ever see that in the future moving forward, anytime that fielder comes into the base path and he comes into the runner's, I guess you want to say lane, he is eligible to be taken out and you can take him out any way possible. Albert Joey Bell. What a beauty. Give me a story. You gotta have oh something. My God. Oh my God. All right. So, so probably, you know, probably it's a, it's a story that that you guys have heard, and everybody like calls it taboo or whatever. But freaking Albert gets caught with a loaded bat, and he's he's playing. I think he's playing for Cleveland, and they're in Chicago, so they're playing the White Sox, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and the reason that I know this is because I played with this guy. So Albert gets caught with a loaded bat. The umpires think it's loaded because he hits a bomb 450 feet, and it sounds like you hit it with a wet newspaper, you know. And and so um, they confiscate the bat. They go put it in the umpire's room. Yeah. Well, Jason Grimsley. Yep. The receiver for Cleveland at the time goes and crawls through the freaking the the little duck work and shit like that in Chicago, goes into the umpire's room, retrieves the bat, and I don't know whether he got back into duck work or whatever he did, but the bat is no longer in the umpire's room, right? And the bat mysteriously disappears. And I know that for a fact because I've played with Grimsley. We had a bunch of beers. We talked about it. And Albert took good care of Grimsley after that, monetarily. Dude, Jason Grimsley told me the same fucking story at a Mexican restaurant, La Barca, in San Francisco (laughs) in, like, the mid-2000s. I couldn't believe it. And this is before the story had really kind of become public because, you know, I, I think... As time went on, you know, whether, you know, Gr- Grimsley, I look, dude, what, what a fascinating guy. You know, he's a black belt, too, man. Yeah, I, no, he, he's, 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 scary he's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Grims, Grims is a bad dude, but but Grims and I, hey, look, we, we, we're like two peas in a pod. I know you and Grims are two peas in a pod. Oh, and by the way, do we have an advertisement for 818 Tequila? 
proud sponsor of Deuces Wild. And guess what? We do not rap what we don't fucking drink. So cheers to all of my friends. This past Ozzy Smith getting blown up segment and a brawl story brought to you by 818. Cheers, 818 Tequila. And from the guys in the South that uh, they took care of the thrill with the alligators today. This is brought to you by Jack Daniel's Single Barrel that has bit the dust today. So, boys from the South, love you guys. You guys are the freaking best. Hey, and let's not forget KT Tape Thrill. This is skin prep wipe. Uh, it is. What is that for? What is that for? Well, this is this is for that those muscles that you use so diligently when you're shooting guns. This is pro oxygen tape, uh, along with blister prevention for all the miles that you run. But wait, how did you know? How did you know I run miles? There's more because here's the chafe safe. You the definitely chafe safe. need. You need to keep your package safe. You need to keep it tight. That's what I need. Fresh. That's what I need. Why did you not send me the chafe safe when it's a thousand million degrees down here? And needless to say, I am sweating my balls off. Why did you not send me that? Chafe safe is coming your way. The people at KT. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, great friends of the fucking program. We might have a new sponsor. We have it. We'll go out there and look down some chase safe. It's uh, it's on, dude. It's on. So, hey, giant going on uh, as well. And so we have, it's one nothing. Cleveland loaded the bases up in the first inning. And they apparently scored just one run. But the Giants are on a fucking roll right now, dude. They've won dude. four in a row. Dude, four in a row. They, you know, they Lamont Wade did a great job yesterday. We had a little walk off in the extras, and uh, you know, hey, look, they they're they're fighting their asses off, and and I fucking love it. I really do love it because we've seen the highs and lows and all that sort of stuff. But we were even talking about it. I got a buddy in here, Ricky H, right now, and you know, we we, we went alligator hunting with with Jared and the boys from. Reno, Nevada, right down from you, Jack. And they said you need to come out there with them. But here's the, here's the big thing. We got 18 games left. So this is this is game number 18 right here. And we got 16 games within our division. We got these next, the game tonight, and then the game tomorrow against the Cleveland. And then after that, we're in our division to make the playoffs. And... This is the beauty of baseball. You play 162 games, you play a full-ass schedule, and you wind up in your division to find out who the hell is going to go to the postseason. So I love this time of the year, and the Giants are starting to play a little bit better. They're a game and a half out of third place in the, in the wild, the wild card. card. It's them, the Marlins, and Cincinnati's two back. So it's those three teams that are vying for that third spot. And who's in front of them? Their division foe, Arizona Diamondbacks, who they're going to have here in the next, you know, days or so. Okay, well, so let's look at this, because the Diamondbacks are right there. They're definitely... Wait a second, wait a second. Uh, Wait, before we get going here, uh, 
your your darling bride who had to look at your naked ass earlier says that supper is ready. And that is because we had the technical difficulties that we had before. We got 10 more minutes. Huh? We got to take All it right. to 7.30 right. at least. Let's 10 go more 10 minutes, more minutes. Before he brings his naked ass to you. Uh, uh, that would be there some kind of side at the go. dinner table. I'm just, I'm just relaying shit that I'm saying in the chat room. That's how. So it she's works. right. I, I well, thrill called today, and I was, I was literally hopping in the shower, and I was grabbing my phone to text you when you called, and I was gonna say, "Yo, dude, let's," because uh, I know how punctual you are all the time, and I was gonna tell yeah. you six ten. I just got home from pickleball. I just got home from the batting cage. Let's roll. And at the time, I was butt-ass naked and so tara happened to walk in the room at the same time and it's kind of like who are you talking to and yeah who are you talking to and i can hear her laughing in the background and i'm like what's going on you're like dude i'm freaking stark ass naked and tara's laughing at my ass and i said oh yeah she's laughing at your little muscular ass because you've been freaking running all over the place here lately i actually had some kt tape on and she <laughs> Sicko, I had it on my hamstring and she wanted to fucking rip it off, man. I feel like take great joy in it coming off. Hey, you got some you got some carne asada, some Caesar salad, and some sort of quesadilla. So that's what you gotta look forward to for dinner tonight. That sounds absolutely delicious. Yeah, okay, so let, ready to go. let's get into the schedule. Did she not rip the KT tape off of you? No, she started to, and I just fucking stopped her. I'm like, no. Like, it's, dude, she, because she's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm like, just rip ass. it. You wanted to touch your ass. That's all it is. It's okay. I mean, you I just, yeah. See, see, I'm, I'm, I'm making it real here. She grabs my ass all the time, as a matter of fact. It's actually, as I get older, too, I don't know why. Like, I'm walking down, I'm, <laughs> I'm, walking, I'm walking in the kitchen, and like, all of a sudden, and the other thing is, Dude, she's going for an oil check, too. Like, it's not just she's just grabbing it. Like, she's digging in there. I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck! Oh, I freaking love you guys. This is why we do this shit. You guys are freaking beauties. Damn. Yeah, I, she's, 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 she's a beauty, that's for sure. Oh, God, you got you a good one. I got me a good one. And, dude, we, we're having a freaking ball. Hey, a man. Ball. So... The Colorado Rockies are next, and yeah. it's it's San Francisco yeah. goes to Colorado. Yeah, and, and then they just got through. They just got through sweeping them at you know San Francisco. They played extremely well. So I, you know, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed that you know they do a good job against you know Cleveland here. These this game and the next game, but then this going into Colorado is a definite we got a balls to the wall we have to win this series without a shadow of a doubt we cannot let our guard down because and after that we got arizona arizona Diego, and la for seven to end the season so la let me take a look but they've cooled off a little bit like san diego got them last night and let's see here in, in the standings. They've actually, huh, they're four and six in their last 10. They're still that much better than everybody else. So they're plus 169 on the run differential, if you're into that sort of thing. 
you know what? You know what? I mean, you know, that that run differential is is kind of weird. You and I, you and I have talked yeah. about it before. It's like you know, the teams that are in first place have big run differentials, but then all of a sudden you you look at the teams in like the middle of the divisions, and some of them have like minus run differentials. Some of them have plus differentials, and it it, it depends on. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it depends on how you win and lose games. Yeah. You, if you win them by one run and you win a bunch of one run games, but then when you lose, you lose by eight runs. It's going to be kind of skewed. You know what I'm saying? The Padres are plus 64 in the run differential. Giants are minus six and the Diamondbacks are minus 17. That's an impressive job of coaching from Tori Lovello though. Right? Yeah. yeah Fuck. No, he's done a good, he's done a real good job. He's done a real good job with the team he's got and the youth movement that they're doing over there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, so, you know, with them chasing down, how about Matt Olson, by the way? His 51st fucking homer. 51! He had, he, had he had two yesterday. We actually, Trey had the game on, and, and I watched him. I watched him hit, you know, 49 and 50, and he hit evidently 51 today. Dude, if there's an MVP, I mean, and the way the Braves are playing, this ought to be a freaking walk in the park. Okay, so here's the problem. Walk in the park. Here's the problem, though. And you're in Braves country. Basically, the whole South is fucking Braves country. But you have Ronald Acuna, who's having a historic season. He might go like 40-70. And then you have Mookie Betts killing it in L.A. along with Freddie Freeman. So you have all four of those. But I'm totally with you. Like, how do you discount Matt Olson? He's a distant fourth place. Like, people would have told you that when it comes to the MVP. But, man, he's just continuing to do it night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, he's going to – and, and I mean, you guys – Luker, pull up how many uh, how many RBIs uh, he's got. But, I mean, he's got 51 dongs, and he's going to wind up with probably 125, 130 ribbies. You know, I mean – that's just right there. That's just a walk away MVP. Look, and and the reason that I'm saying that is because they got their own Cy Young type of shit. And look, Mookie's Mookie's having a great year, but he's a leadoff guy. All right, he's a leadoff hitter. Freddie has fifty something doubles, and he's breaking the the world record in doubles. All right, but in Acuna, look. He's another leadoff guy. You want the guys in the middle of the order that are going to pound the ball and be the big dog. He's the big dog. He's the MVP. Mm. I mean, look at look at Kevin Mitchell in 89. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, look, you know, hey, look, I had some freaking awesome stats in 89. It didn't pale in comparison to him. He gets the MVP. Olsen gets my nod for MVP. Dude, did you guys realize that you were going head to head for that MVP award? Yeah, we knew it. Yeah, we knew it. And oh, oh, Luker, Luker, thanks, thanks, Steve, appreciate it. He just dropped a one twenty seven on me right oh, now. Oh shit! As far as RBIs, I mean, he's fifty one one twenty seven now, and then he's got eighteen more games left. He might. I mean, if he gets hot and freaking 
Acuna and all of them get on in front of him, he might have 150. He might have 150 RBIs. And then that is next level. Hey, so last night in the Giants game, Blake Sable came up in the 10th inning. They were trailing by one. He had a base hit up the middle and then stole second. And then that's when Lamont Wade Jr. had the game-winning hit. Yeah, but How wait, big had Blake Sable been, then, though? Freaking Cleveland's pitcher had a balk. And Boston yeah, was yeah. You Did you see that? that? I didn't. I didn't see a balk. Did yeah, I miss no. something? I I didn't see it either. But it must have happened because you know how they they click the TV views and all that, and it must have been in between the clicking. I didn't see it, but like the home plate umpire and the second base umpire like balk, you know. And so that that put the runner in scoring position for Lamont, and he got the base time. I always thought the Bach was fucking stupid where like you're here and there's like a little twitch or something. If you're trying to deceive the runner, like the, the, the no stop shit, that should be a Bach. But other than that, like if a guy, if a guy wants to go here, 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 like that's not deceiving a fucking runner. Yeah, no. And it, that's, that's the thing that, that's the thing that they're doing now. They're, they're saying that it is not his normal pitching motion. So if he stops here, he should stop here all the time. And if he stops here, it's a ball. And so I think that's what they got that kid on last night. All right, Thrill. Well, we're going to continue to follow this game. I'm not letting you get out of here, though, before I walk over here and pull some random fucking card and hear a story oh, about Oh, here dude. we go. <laughs> one to, one here to we close go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see here. Having fun? Luke Durr, are you good, man? I wanted to make sure everything's going all right in your neighborhood. You've been on here for the longest, dude. I'm not kidding. It was the first fucking card I saw. I, it really was. I actually almost sifted through the cards because I'm like, man, maybe I'll grab someone else and have it be a little bit more random. But this guy is one of my heroes. This guy I had an opportunity to work with one time. And... It was one of the coolest experiences of my life calling a YouTube game with him. Uh, he needs no introduction amongst Giants fans. I know he's one of your best friends. The man, the myth, the fucking legend, Mike. Oh, Kruko. my God. Mike Kruko, ladies and gentlemen. 1986 All-Star. 1986 20-game winner. A guy that will always take the baseball and... Partners with Dwayne Kuyper and is the best duo announcing baseball games in the major leagues. That's, I mean, ever. I could go on and on and on. That's, you know, Daddy Mike to me, um, Uncle Will to all of his kids. And that's, that's about, I mean, I mean, I, I cannot heap more praise onto that man than what I've already done and will continue to do. He had 245 innings pitched in 1986. He won 20 games, as you just referenced. He was 20 and nine. He, let's see here. He struck out 178. So what did he do? He pitched a fucking contact. He there went right go. after guys. What did we talk about earlier with our little six inning? I want to bail pussy. 
Yeah, man. So of all the times that you've spent with, with Kruko, he spoke at uh, your Jersey retirement ceremony. The story that he tells about you uh, in your first home run is one of the best I've heard. It's just yeah. how green you were and raw rookie. And it's just like, and after you took Nolan Ryan deep and basically Kruko sitting there like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, you know, I'm, I'm in there and freaking high five and like, like I'm supposed to be there, you know, and everybody's like, who the fuck takes Nolan out of center in the Astrodome in their first at bat? They're all like, what the shit is going on with this guy? The energy you brought though, man, there's a phrase that I say every single morning on juices, excuse me, on the daily hustle. It's if you're juiceful, you're useful. If you're juiceless, you're fucking useless. And that's what he talked about. And that's what you sense from, from Mike, right? Like that's the juice that him yeah. and Dwayne yeah. bring. Yeah. And it's a, it's a different thing than what we have, than what we do it, but it's, it's that it's that energy. It's the wittiness. It's the sarcasm. It's just what a fucking champion, man. But 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 here's the thing. You know, I mean, he and he and Dwayne, they are so freaking good. They are so professional that they cover everybody. And you and I have talked about it. Everybody in the chat room knows this. They have covered everybody's asses for the last. 20 something years all right where there's a lot of people that should have been called out like like you and i are calling them out tonight you know they should have been called out and instead crook and kite always take the freaking high ground and they freaking they freaking take care of the boys and the boys love them to death and that's why they're my guys. I love them. That's that's my daddy Mike, my uncle Dwayne, you know, and I mean, till this day, till this day, I will never say a bad word about them because they cover everybody else's asses that don't need to be covered. I've also met multiple of Kruko's kids, and they're all fucking great. I, I he's got a bunch of them. I, I don't I don't know how many and, and I I think some of them live in Reno I know my, you know Mike did at, yeah, at a bunch time of, a bunch of them live in Reno right there with you yeah yeah so it's so cool so yeah just yeah. some love for Mike Kruko and on a on a show thrill that I think is very obviously authentic raw real it's no filter deuces are fucking wild here but at at the same time. I think, you know, even though they don't get to say the shit that we get to say, you can just feel it from them. Yeah, they are behind you. Oh, shit, they just showed them behind you. Like, like for two seconds, they had Kruk and Kaipa in behind you. How great is that? But they, awesome. it's almost like their silence speaks so loud that they don't even have to fucking say it. So, so I, all right, I got one for you. All right. So, this is vintage Kruk and Kaipa. Okay, so I'm up there. I walk up there, you know, I hug, I hug Dwayne, you know, I, I give, I give Mike my, my big hug and we got a secret handshake that we do. Right. And so I'm up there and I said, I said, can I hang? And they're like, yeah, just, just hang. We want to talk, 
to you in between innings. I'm like, all right. So I'm up there, and all of a sudden, Krug looks at Kipe, and he goes, hey, go with me on this. And, you know, they hit they, – there's there's a, a button, button yeah. hit on the box, yeah. right, where, you, where, where the audience can't hear what's going on, right? It, it's called a cough or whatever. And so, anyway, so Krug goes, hey, go with me on this. And he looks at Kite, right? And he goes, well, you know, here comes Bob, you know, and Bob took his batting gloves out of his back pocket and now his back pocket's hanging out, you know, and, you know, in baseball, we call that an elephant ear. And so then Dwayne takes over and he's like, well, yeah, you know, back in the day, you know, the elephant ear used to symbolize this and this and this. They literally went on for three freaking innings talking about a freaking elephant ear that they just made up on the fly. I mean, made up on the fly. And that's that's what I love about them. I mean, they are such freaking beauties that they can take something and run with it, and the other one trust the other one. Yeah. And so that's why I tell them, you know, and and so so Ricky's sitting over here. Ricky's Ricky's one of my partners over here, and he's talking about you know Kruko saying, you know, well when you were a rookie, you know, you went out to the mound, and you said something to Kruko about, hey. You know, you need to get out of this inning. Otherwise, we're not going to win this game. And I go, I didn't say a fucking word like that. I go, I was a rookie. I was told to keep my mouth shut. And Kruko and freaking Uncle Dwayne, like, ran with this story. They embellished it. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, they embellished the shit out of it. And I go, and that's like the elephant ear story. And yeah. I, dude, they oh, are dude. the best. They are the fucking best. And no matter no matter what happens, I will back them up before I'll back anybody else up. Dude, I love it, man. And the whole point with that, if a lot of the people obviously watching the stream or who are going to listen on the podcast later, I, when you broadcast and you do this shit for a living and you're doing what they're doing for a hundred and something games a year, right? They... Want to be fucking entertained. And if they're not entertained, they're going to figure out a way to entertain themselves. As a matter of fact, Thrill, the other night, I got a call from Luis Gonzalez. And he goes, Bernsey. Like like Gonzo from the yeah. Diamondbacks? Yeah, really? exactly. So he goes, Bernsey. He goes, I need a favor. I go, yeah, what's up? He goes, I need two tickets to the Savannah Bananas game for a buddy of mine. I go, okay. I said, I got you. I go, what, like, what are you up to? He goes, I'm at Dodger Stadium. I'm calling the game tonight. I go, okay. I said, well, I said, if you come up with a way to figure out how to say buttery biscuit <laughs> in the next half inning, you can have two Savannah banana tickets. <laughs> Buttery biscuits. So Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw was on the mound. And he throws like a, I don't know, a 1-1 slider. And Gonzo goes, well, there's the Buttery biscuit right there. 
Dude, it was Savannah Banana tickets, ladies and gentlemen. Immediately, I got the text from Gonzo. And he's like, did you hear? Did you hear? And I'm, I'm putting crying emojis and like laughing. Yeah. Well, it's, dude, that's, that's what life's about, man. That's what broadcasting's about. It's about having fun, putting a smile on your face, not taking yourself too serious. Dude, uh, really, really cool. Dude. And, and, then, and then so to take that a step further, that's why this fucking platform is so fucking great. It's cool. I mean, no shit. Yeah. No yeah. shit. I mean, we are able to to get in here, cut up. You know, you let you let Trey on, Tara comes on, Biscuit comes on, you know, I got my buddy Ricky over here listening. And you know, then we 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 got everybody in a chat room, and that's why this platform is so freaking great. And s- shit like this needs to expand. So we are everybody in the goddamn chat room. Tell your friends and bring them back yep. on too. Agreed, dude. Well, throw we're now reaching fucking millions a week, man, through social. So it's dude. that's really dude. that's and, really and, cool. And, and look, look, everybody, everybody comes up to me now. And it, it's because of you, and it's because of you, your partners and all that stuff. Joe Manuelli and Leslie Short and everybody, you know. Henry, but, yeah. but you know, I mean, you know, now now they're doing the TikToks, and people come up to me and go, "Freaking thrill!" I I checked out your TikToks and your TikToks, you and Burnsy's TikToks, and I'm like, I don't have any idea what the fuck you're talking about, but. We're having some fun doing the podcast, man. They're damn right, dude. And that's the only thing that fucking matters. All right. Tara's going to uh, castrate me. So before she does, yeah, I'm getting no, downstairs. No, no, Don't let her castrate you. Let her check out your nice culo and go from there. <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, uh, to, to you, Trey, Ricky, you guys fucking thanks for coming. Sorry about the technical nah, difficulties dude, earlier. Dude. It was, it was freaking awesome. I mean, you know, Ricky, Ricky's had a ball. He's been laughing his ass off. And then, uh, you know, some of the some of the guys from over there in Reno, right down from you, Jared and all those guys, they're actually in the audience. They don't know how to do all the chat room shit and all that, but they, they're listening. They're having a fucking ball. They came down here to catch some alligators. We caught five alligators here in the last two days. Seriously? We're having, we're having a fucking ball, dude. You guys are psychos, man. We are psychos. We yeah. are psychos. But at the same time, we love you freaking guys and everybody How- in the chat room. Hey, look, everybody in the chat room, we we know you guys not only from being in the chat room, but then jumping on a Knox and then meeting everybody in person and all that. Don't be afraid to bring all your friends on board. Bring them on board. Let's right. fucking go, baby. Let's fucking Come go. Right. Next, next Tuesday, we on? Uh, yes, we are on next Tuesday. I got no problems. But, all right, here we go. Awesome, hey, look, dude. Look, keep the fingers crossed. You know, the Gantes do what they need to do in order to, you know, get in the middle of this shit. But if in a, I mean, because like I said, you know, they're going to play the Guardians next, this game and another one. And then we go in our division. If they yeah. don't, if they don't mop up in our division, well then it's we over. Don't it. So, all right, dude. Well, have a fantastic fucking week. Go get yourself some more alligators, dude. I'm gonna do it and um, tell Tara, Colton, Biscuit, everybody. 
we said hey and uh love you guys man love you too brother All right, <laughs>